Welcome to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One, where I discuss geocaching and my adventures with it. This interview was recorded using Zoom and may sound different than other podcast audio. Hello, everybody. Shadow Dragon One, Amy here, and I am with Denise Canavan, fellow geocacher and travel advisor and owner of Geocaching Adventures LLC. Correct. So, Denise, thank you for joining me today. Can you start off by telling us how you got into geocaching? Um, well, in 2005, my sister and my brother-in-law introduced it to me. We, my husband and I were up um, in Lake Winnipesaukee, New Hampshire, um, visiting with them. I'm from New Hampshire, um, but we were up visiting with them and they said, we got to take, we got we to show you this. So we went out and we geocached for the afternoon and we came back to their house and we created our, our new geocaching account. We are Shiz and Giggles is our caching name. So since 2005 and I took a, we were just dabblers in it, but we didn't really do a lot of it. Um, so that's how I started with geocaching. So what are your current stats right now? Oh, they're unimpressive, honestly. <laughs> I'm a lazy cacher. I love geocaching for where it takes you and the unique places that you're going to go see and the unique uh, things that you're going to discover. But I, am, I have never been good at homework. Um, and when I started in 2005, you would go caching and then you'd have to go back and sit down and log your caches. And no, that wasn't going to happen. So um, up until when it became part of an app where you could log it right from your destination, I didn't log a lot. Um, I, I love doing it, but I didn't log. I've got 1,046 caches right now. Um, and I think I have, my, my country count is very high. Um, I think I have over 30 countries that I have um, been to. You have quite a few of them. Yeah, um, a lot of countries, a lot of states, but I... Unless I can log it right away, it's, it's too much work for me to go back and do it. And I'm too busy creating new adventures for other people. So Geocache Adventures LLC is a travel agency based around geocaching. Did I get that right? Cruise Planners American Express is my franchise. I own a franchise. I'm a travel agent within Cruise Planners American Express. Okay. And... Um, Geocaching Adventures is a subsidiary that I set up because I wanted to specialize in helping people go around the world geocaching. So it is a subsidiary off of my cruise planners um, franchise. So oh, okay. I am a, I'm a full service travel agent, but I specialize in geocaching adventures. So how did you get started with this idea of um, vacations or traveling centered around geocaching? So my husband and I, when we would go traveling, um, we didn't want to spend a lot of money on excursions. So we would look to see what was available for geocaches in the area and we'd go off locally around the ports and, and it was fun, but it was, it was, could be very problematic. So when I was sitting in the training with geo with our cruise planners, they said, think of something that you want to create a niche around. And just instantly it came to me, I want to help people go geocaching around the world. So I make it very easy. I set up all the transportation. I merge the highlights with the geocaching. So it's, it's kind of a good merge of both. So that was my idea was to make geocaching easy for people to do around the world. 
And how long have you been doing that now? 10 years. 10 years. Yeah, nice. 10 years. And um, loving every minute of it. So initially, I would pick where do I want to go? And then I'd invite geocachers to come with me. So <laughs> I nice. Still, actually, I still do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then I also reached out to the number one geocacher in the world. My first trip was Bermuda. And I reached out to um, Dave Tech's girl, who actually was just in the process of moving from Canada to Bermuda. And I reached out to the number one geocacher in the world, um, Ala Mogul. And working with both of them, I put together my first geocaching adventure, which was Bermuda. And um, it was great because I, I don't know if anybody has done Bermuda, but since uh, Dave Tex Girl has moved to Bermuda, she basically put Bermuda on the map as far as a geocaching destination. There are over 300 and some odd caches on that island, and I highly recommend um, visiting it and going and doing her, her caches. She also worked with the uh, Chamber of, Con I mean, the um, local tourism bureau, and they created a geo tour which was available unfortunately last year or the year before they did um they did stop it because it's very expensive to do a geo tour so the unfortunately not enough people embraced it and it didn't really show profit for bermuda but the caches are still there and if as long as they still have the coins you can still get the coin if you complete the uh, geo tour Oh. Um, but she was very helpful in, in getting, getting my first geocaching adventure out there. How many trips a year do you typically do? Um, well, usually I do about uh, five or six. Um, so everything's been kind of squished to a very smaller time frame because I still had people that had signed up for 2020 adventures that had to be pushed. So those got pushed to 2021. And as we keep on pushing those, my 2020, so some of those are, I'm still hoping that'll happen. July, I, I'm still hopeful, but you know, it's, we'll see. All right. Um, and then, so, those all need to be moved further because these people's everybody still wants to do the adventures, but they want to, they, we need to do it safely. So right now I've got my 21 and 22 schedule up on, on my Facebook page. Um, and at this point it's just reach out. And so I tried to like this year, right now I still have one, two, three, four on the books for this year. And then next year I have one, two, three, four, five, six on the books for next year. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully next year certainly we'll get a bit more back to normal for traveling. Hopefully, you know, this summer, this fall, we can do that too. Right. Oh, and what yeah. in mine, they're fairly long. I mean, but we do add ons. Well, I'll let you continue with your questions. Oh. <laughs> oh, no, please go right ahead. <laughs> so um, typically there is the core trip, um, and I do both cruises and land. So typically there's the core trip that's wrapped around a destination. And then I do pre and posts to those trips. So depending on people's schedules, they can opt to do pre or post or just do the core trip. Um, but, you know, my goal is to try to get, I mean, we're traveling far distances. So my trip, my, my goal is to get as much out of the travel as we possibly can. Um, 
you know, because some of them were like China or um, Australia or Hawaii, you know, we're, we're going quite a distance. So you might, you want to get the most out of that destination. So how long are they typically last? They range anywhere from eight days to 21, 24 days. Oh, wow. Yes. I mean, we've got a bit more vacation days for that. <laughs> <laughs> but again, you don't need to do the full tour. You can you can do whatever you're comfortable with within that time frame. So the the eight might be a seven night the, cruise. The, the main one, and then the the with extended would be the add-ons. Oh, right. Okay. Yeah. But when we're going far away, those I typically stack up quite a bit on them because when you're flying a day to get someplace and chances are you might not get to that part of the world again, you want to take advantage of everything that you can out of it. For sure. So how heavily focused are these trips on geocaching? Because a lot of us have muggles that we drag along with us. And, and that's what I try to do. Cause my husband was not a geocacher. He, he, he didn't really embrace it as much similar to your, your situation. <laughs> <laughs> so what I do is it's about 30% geocaching and 70% about the highlights of the, of where we're going. A lot of the people that are on our trips just say, Oh, if I just get a few in a country, that's really all I'm interested in. You know, it gives me the country and, but I'm really interested in seeing what the highlights are. And if there are destinations um, like Alamogul, the number one geocacher um, for a number of years when he wanted numbers and, but his wife is not a cacher. So she was really excited about our trips because finally she was able to travel with him and still get the benefit of being able to enjoy a destination. And for those people that want to get more caches, I make other arrangements for them. So, you know, while some of us might be going off for a wine tasting, I might hire another driver to take them to go just do caching. So, you know, they, we work around it as much as possible. But if you are a numbers cacher, my trips aren't, are not what you want. The 30-70 sounds like a pretty good mix. It is. It is. I mean, and it really, the destination is going to set that tone too. Because so, when you're in, a, in Europe and we've got a 40-passenger bus, it's kind of hard to go off that beaten path to go get that cash because the bus won't go down there. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> so how do you research and plan these caches for your visit? You mentioned earlier a bit talking to other geocachers. Is that what you typically do to plan these, what caches are the best to go hit? Yes. What I tell my, my, my participants is I'm planning everything else. Your job is to look at where we're going and what caches you might be interested in and let me know what you're looking at. And we will look at the destination where the cache is and see if we can roll it into the trip. Oh. Um, so I'm a favorites person. I, I don't just want to stop on the side of the road just to get, you know, a lamppost or, or a, a guardrail cache. Again, it's, it's numbers. I, I'm more about experiences and favorites and um, than I am about that. So um, we look at every destination is going to be, has its own uniqueness. 
Um, Europe is very different than cashing in Brazil. Um, you know, Brazil, you gotta be, you gotta be cautious about where you go and, and Europe, you have to, you're limited by where you can take a vehicle. And so every destination has its unique experiences, but so far, so, you know, we've been able to, we've been able to work around it and everyone comes away. Most people come away very happy about the amount of caches, but those numbers people, you can never make them happy. <laughs> we haven't got a cache in the last 15 minutes. Where are we stopping next? <laughs> <laughs> the Blarney Stone, stop. <laughs> so with the, the, the Tories, is that what you would call them? The, the, the people guess. on the tour, the Tories. So they're helping pick the caches they go to. So I imagine you get several different cash types and they're not necessarily just virtuals or just earth caches oh no we do everything we i mean we try to get as many of a different type as we can so you get that that whole nother souvenir but yeah it, it's it, we look at what's available and and we've all got our 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 apps open as we're going down the road and if there's something that's available as we're going down the road and it's a safe place for the vehicle that we're in to stop and go get it we'll go grab it as long as we can still get to our you know our destiny our next destination in a timely manner and most highlights are going to have geocaches at them anyways so if there's something that somebody wants to get like the oldest cache in an area or one that's got 800 favorites yeah we're going to try to get it but i i ask them to do the research so that that's not an there's a lot of parts to these trips so you do they need to do their part and i'll do my part these trips sound really interesting what has been your favorite destination that you've been to on these uh, Brazil. Brazil. Your is, background is Brazil, background, yes. That's a Guasu Falls, um, where we go to get the ape cache. Um, so if uh, the ape cache is on your bucket list, and for those that don't know what the ape cache is, there are only two ape caches left. Um, and when they did the Planet of the Apes remake um, back, I don't even remember when they did it, they put ape caches out at all the destinations where they filmed the movie. And there's only two left. One is in Brazil and the other one they had been, um, was missing for a while, but it been back for a couple of years now. The other one is in C outside of Seattle. So um, there's only two left and it's kind of a holy grail of, of caching for a lot of people. So when you do get credit for an ape, the ape cache um, discovery. So that's one that we do. And while you're doing that one, you get to go to Sao Paulo, uh, Aguasu, um, Rio de Janeiro. Um, so it's, it's a, it's a great trip. It's one of my favorites. Um, my favorite will be Africa though. South Africa, that tour is, it's an amazing destination. It brings, it, it, it kind of changes your, it's a life-changing destination. Um, I highly recommend it. Even if you don't do it with me, go to Africa at some place at some point in your time. The animals, the people, the smiles on the children. We went to a first to find there that was at a school, a private school for the children. And they met the bus and they didn't know why we were there. So when we got off the bus, they all came up and they took our hands and they walked us to the, because we needed to go see the principal. And they walked us to the principal's office so to get the cash. And this, we were the first ones to go to the cash. And there were 16 of us. 
and the, the girl, the, you know, the children were just talking to us about where are you from and what's that like? And it was just, it was amazing. And um, it was just very, very humbling. That so, sounds so sweet. <laughs> Those yeah, kids. It, it was, it was great that they're just, their smiles are infectious. They've got, they've got nothing and they've got so much. That sounds yeah. awesome. That's, that's definitely now on my bucket list. <laughs> We're going back in, we're going back in September. Hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> Not sure I can make this round, but I'll keep you posted <laughs> on the next one. <laughs> well, I'll be going back, I promise you. <laughs> so how far in advance do people normally need to make these bookings? Is it the sooner the better, I would imagine? Some of them are very limited. Um, like we're doing Galapagos. That's a private charter vessel. There's only 16 people on the vessel. And that was, I launched it and it booked right away. Uh, Africa similar, similar. There's a limited amount of availability for that one. So it depends on the trip. Some of them have a longer window, but particularly now, I mean, it's, we lock in pricing. Um, but the future of travel pricing is going to, it's going to go up. I know people think that, oh, it's going to be less expensive because they want to get people back. No, it's not. It's going to be more expensive. They've got a lot to make up for, and there's going to be less people on board the vessels. Not all my trips are, are cruises. Some of them are land. Um, so there's a lot of lost money there that needs, to, and there's a, but we need to travel. I can't say that enough. This world is hurting because we are not traveling. Um, and you think of all those destinations where they rely on tourism for their bread and butter, and they haven't had it for almost a year now. So as soon as we can, we need to, we need to do it. So um, the sooner you can book these, the better you are, because you do lock in at lower pricing. And if the prices do get down, I monitor them all the time. And if the prices go down, I go and negotiate lower rates. Warning, this part of the show contains spoilers for the cash that is about to be discussed. Okay, so every episode we do a cash highlight and you have graciously agreed to highlight a cash for us and you have chosen the grotto. Cash ID GC9CBB. This is a virtual cache and the description just contains the logging requirements. So if you're interested in what those are, uh, head over to the cache page and check that out. So this was in uh, Tennessee, um, Memphis, Tennessee. It's got, if you go to Memphis, Tennessee, look up favorites and this will be at the top of the list. This is in a cemetery and this family built this grotto um, in tribute to a family member. And it, you walk through this, they're all vignettes of different scenes of Christ and uh, religious vignettes. Um, it very. The, the colors I've seen in, in your photo there, are those from different colored lights or are those natural colors of the stone? No, it's lit. It, this is all man-made. Oh, okay. Yep, this is all man-made inside there. Um, I mean, the, even when you come up to it, they've got um, a bridge that goes over this little moat area that is all man-made. Um, it, it's very, very well done. It by far it is my favorite cache that I have ever been to. It is, it, it's incredible. So the, go to Memphis, Tennessee, and look for the grotto. The the picture you have looks beautiful, and it, it is actually 
that's one of the places this summer we were supposed to go last year and we're hoping we get to go this year and that's on the list of things to do fingers crossed whenever we do finally get to make that trip so the beauty of geocaching yeah who who would go to a cemetery to check out you know <laughs> who would think that there would be something like this in a cemetery yeah that's pretty pretty amazing talk yeah. about a hidden gem absolutely so geocaching adventures llc is um where most of i post most of my information on my trips um so if anyone is interested in seeing what we have and you sent me your most current schedule which i will include in the show notes and i will also link to your website in the facebook page for the episode show notes as well perfect thank you so much i really appreciate you taking the time to to do this with me today my pleasure we'll see you on an adventure i really do hope so <laughs> You've been listening to Geocache Adventures with me, Shadow Dragon One. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts or on the Geocache Adventures Facebook page. Have you heard of FTF Magazine? It's the magazine for geocachers. Issues come out every two months and are full of photos and stories from geocachers just like you. Go to ftfgeocacher.com to subscribe today. And if you know any other geocachers that may like this podcast, please share it with them. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much. Do you have a topic you'd like to hear discussed? Do you have a geocache adventure you would like to share for the cache highlight? Would you like to be a guest on the show? Reach out to me at geocache.adventures.podcast at gmail.com or on the contact page at geocacheadventures.org. You can also check out Geocache Adventures merchandise by visiting the store page at geocacheadventures.org. You can also sign up for the Geocache Adventures newsletter by going to geocacheadventures.org and going to the newsletter page and signing up there. The monthly newsletter will include a list of upcoming podcast episodes as well as behind the episode tidbits and other content as well. Thank you for listening and I hope you've enjoyed the show.